We have a, a program now that every guest that, that gives us feedback, whether it's on social media, uh, if it's Google, Yelp, whatever, we respond to everybody. Whether it's a good, it's good or it's bad, but we really are trying to create that connection with every single guest, and we don't take for granted anybody that comes in and gives us feedback. Hey, everyone! Thanks again for joining us on the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. I love talking to operators of fast-growing concepts. I find that there's so much that we can learn because it's so challenging to go from one location to two and then three. And when you're first starting out and you're thinking about, wow, I've got a really powerful concept. I think that it could do well for others and it becomes a franchise model. Then there's a real formula for that, you know, and it's complicated. It's, it's complex. There's so many details in running one location. I call it the thousand detail business, but think about you know, growing a, a fast growing franchise and what's involved in that. So I'm really excited today. I have Susan Taylor, who is the CEO and president with Chris Britt and Ed St. Jem, who are the owners of the concept called Juice It Up. Now, Juice It Up is all about fresh juices and acai bowls and superfruits and healthy, healthy foods. And we're going to be talking all about why they are so perfectly targeted to their market, the vibe of the restaurant, the, you know, the vibe of the employees and the staff training and everything that goes into creating what is so important in a multiple location concept and a franchise. And that is consistency. We're going to talk all about that in addition to their pandemic pivots and their successes, some experiments, all those things. It's all in this podcast. So don't miss it. You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Rockstars, let me tell you about Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed for restaurateurs by restaurateurs. Effective labor management is more important than ever to maximize profit and success, especially now as restaurants begin to reopen and expand their teams. Trusted by over half a million restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to simplify scheduling, easily manage time and attendance, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll systems you already use and trust, turning your team into a competitive advantage to your business. Right now, Restaurant Rockstar's listeners can get three months absolutely free. Get started now at sevenshifts.com forward slash restaurant rockstars. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com forward slash restaurant rockstars to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Now on with the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. We're all about, you know, reigniting the passion. And our mission is to help you build your brand and deliver amazing guest service experiences and really rock your profits. With me today, I'm excited. It's a concept, a fast-growing concept called Juice It Up. And I have uh, Susan Taylor, who is the president and CEO. I have Chris Britt and Ed St. Jim, who are the co-owners of this company. Welcome to the show, everyone, today. Thanks for being with us. Hello. Thanks, Roger. Appreciate it. Yeah, this is exciting. You know, I love talking to, um, you know, concepts that are just on fire right now. I mentioned uh, just a moment ago, it's about reigniting the passion. And we really believe that when we speak to operators such as yourselves, there's so many learnings and so many nuggets of information and best practices that, you know, independent 
restaurants as well as small chains can glean from the conversation. So that's our mission today. I always start with the backstory of my guests, especially in hospitality. And I'll ask each of you, you know, it could be anything. Did you start washing dishes at age 15 in a restaurant? Did you work at a country club? Did you work at a McDonald's? You know, what was your backstory and how did that lead you to your current position in hospitality? So let's start with you, Sue. So uh, I've been in the uh, restaurant industry, the hospitality industry for, uh, gosh, over 35 years. I think I've only had one job in my entire career that wasn't um, involved in restaurants at some point. But I, you know, I started like a lot of kids when I was 16 and I worked for McDonald's, learned a lot of lessons in the summer that I worked for them. Um, and then uh, over uh, over the rest of my high school years and while I was in college, I always worked in restaurants. I've, I've worked in, I've been involved in all aspects from the house, back of the house, um, really grew up in uh, the full service industry with a, a, a chain called Chevy's Fresh Mex. And then um, was involved with uh, Baja Fresh, a fast casual. And then for 14 years, I was with uh, Jamba Juice and started out on the company side and really got to experience uh, a company going from really, you know, growth mode and going across the country and learning all about that business and, you know, everything that happens when you go from a regional player to a national player. And, uh, you know, had, uh, had, uh, Thought that I wanted to try something new. And then I was approached by Chris and Ed about two years ago. And, uh, you know, I knew of Juice It Up because they had been a competitor in the Southern California market, but really took a second look at it and the, you know, got to see the stores, got to meet uh, with Chris and Ed. And, you know, I was blown away with what they wanted to accomplish with the brand and where I thought that I could take it with my experience. I thought that it would be a really good fit. So, you know, joined about two years ago, and uh, it's been uh, it's been an amazing ride in the past two years. Well, that's a tremendous story, and that is certainly relevant to guiding the ship at Juice It Up. Thanks for that, Sue. Ed and Chris, will you please tell me, um, as co-owners of this company, where did the idea, the concept come from? The brainchild of Juice It Up literally is what? What? Where did that all begin? You mean I'm not going to be able to talk about my very first job at Famous Ramus Hot Dog Place when I was 16 years old? My well, most fun job, my start in hospitality, Roger. Playing start hot there. Dogs, corn dogs at the Brea Mall. That's where it all got started for me. Corn uh, dogs were your start. Yeah, fresh corn dogs, I would say. We made the batter fresh every day. Yeah. Uh, but look, I, I really did enjoy that job. I, I still have uh, very fond memories of that. But, you know... Um, then my career started in business and uh, as an investor, you know, I was in private equity for more than two decades. Mm -hmm. um, and during that period of time, you know, you find out what you like, what you don't like so much, what you have a passion for. And, uh, you know, certain the, the, uh, the, the retail restaurant kind of business where you're engaged with people, you know, the hospitality side, that was all that always resonated with me. And uh, in fact, um, you know, one of the first investments that we made was Ed and I together, we became Burger King franchisees. You may not know this, but we were Burger King no franchisees idea. for 10 years uh, in the middle of the country in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. And we lived in California. Um, so there's a lesson learned there. You want to be a little bit closer to the restaurants, even though they did very well, we had a great time, but you know, I think, um, you know, one of the things we really learned there was uh, not only what it means to be a franchisee, but also what how great it would be to be a great franchisor. And 
you know, at Burger King, we had three different franchisors during the 10 year period. So we, we learned a lot. Uh, you know, we call it, you know, franchisor the way it ought to be is kind of the way we, you know, describe it. So, you know, from that point forward, um, Ed and I determined, hey, this is a great business. We love franchising. Um, you know, we love to, to uh, you know, own franchise systems and really, you know, do it the right way, uh, being very franchisee centric in every way possible. And that led us to looking around and we actually found two brands that we love, um, where we love the product, love the people. Of course, one of them, the first one we did was Mountain Mike's Pizza, which is, we'll talk about at some point, but then there's Juice It Up, um, which is a brand that uh, we had a real affinity for. I grew up with the brand in Southern California. That's where I grew up. So I actually had met with the company over 20 years ago when they first were starting out raising money. And it was a little too early stage for me at that time, but I really uh, came to love the products, love the segment. And when the former owner uh, determined he was going to retire back in 2018, he called me up and said, hey, Chris, you want to talk about Juice It Up? And so Ed and I got together and said, hey, this would be a great brand to own. It's almost like a, an ability to rebirth the brand. And, um, you know, we think we've done that with, you know, bringing in uh, folks like Sue Taylor to run the brand and all the great things that have happened. And it's like you said, you know, it's fun business, fun people. That, that's what we're all about as well. And, um, you know, Ed, uh, I'm sure you have some things to add to that, but that's kind of the story about how we got involved in Juice It Up. Boy, that's quite a departure, Chris, from private equity to Burger King to Juice It Up. I mean, that's a good <laughs> career trajectory. Thanks for bringing that uh, to light. Very good, Ed. Now, your story. Well, my story is uh, not quite as exciting as uh, Sue's and Chris's in terms of, uh, you know, QSR experience at a young age, but similar, uh, somewhat similar to Chris, I really came at it from more of an investor perspective, but um, crossing over with uh, a lot of my real estate experience at a, younger, at a younger point in my career, sort of the multiple location, four wall businesses, uh, retail, restaurant, entertainment based. And um, ultimately that led to Chris and I coming together on the Burger King experience that he referenced. And then uh, again, following that, that that uh, that was from 2004 to 2014, and beginning really in 1516 is the period that Chris alluded to, where we were we were looking for additional opportunities, sort of in in that same basic segment, and uh, and it led to the two that we have currently that we're we're really excited about. Uh, and again, to touch on what Chris mentioned, you know, juice it up, 25 year old brand, so some real uh, successful history, and yet what we saw was a real opportunity to take the brand uh, to the next level, and a big part of that is the team that we've assembled, led by Sue, and so we're, uh, we see a really bright future uh, ahead of the brand, and we're excited about it. That's fantastic. Now, currently, you have 100-plus locations and growing. Um, so the brand obviously is on fire right now, and it is a franchise opportunity. We're going to get into the ins and outs of franchising in a moment, but let's talk about the products that you serve. Tell us why are fresh, healthy foods, you know, drinks, smoothies, juices hot right now, and why do your customers appreciate them? You know, I think it's it's a, a growing segment. I think as people, especially through this last year, have managed through, um, you know, uh, just the 
the things that the pandemic have, have done and really looked at, you know, what, you know, being very cognizant of what they're putting in their body and what can help them in, uh, um, you know, really living a healthier lifestyle. I think that, you know, our product platform fits very nicely within that. And, you know, it's in the past year, I, you know, we really, um, heavily uh, focused on the products that we already had in-house that that met those needs. And we found a lot of folks that, you know, were loyalists and were coming to us that doubled down on the amount of times that it came. And then we found that a lot of people kind of rediscovered us or rediscovered us again and really appreciated the products that we have. Very good. Thank you for that. Chris, I'm going to ask you a question. Let's talk about, you know, California is known as a trend-setting state. And obviously, you've got so many locations there. And the products you're serving, I would guess, had, you know, a real sort of a start there. But does the brand really translate well to Nebraska and Kansas and pretty much anywhere across the country? Or is it really sort of the tropical or the Florida type states where it does best? Tell us about that. Yeah, I know. But if you know some franchisee candidates in Nebraska and Iowa and the middle of the country, we'll be happy to, to meet them. We sure you, you have a lot of contacts there, Roger. But, uh, you know, actually uh, in the smoothie business, and, and Sue's been in this business for, you know, decades, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ultimately toss this question over to her. But our perspective as the owners um, is that obviously California is a great state for this product. Um, a lot of it's driven by lifestyle, mm-hmm. trends, but also weather. You know, wherever it's warm, these products do well. I mean, let's sure. face it. So, you know, we're still working on the Western United States. I mean, we we have a lot of, uh, of white space in California. You know, we're just expanding into Northern California and Central California as we speak. We've got locations in Arizona that are on the board. We have some discussions underway in Nevada. Um, we do have stores in Oregon and Texas already. So there's some opportunities there. So, you know, we're about initially a regional expansion. Um but I know, obviously, there's other, you know, significant players in this space that do well in Florida and Texas and the Southeast. Um, but, you know, fundamentally, you know, this product um, category was born in California. Mm-hmm. And, and that is by far the largest market. And Sue, I'm sure with your vast experience, you have a lot to add on this point. Yeah, I, you know, I would say that, you know, um, good health is uh, a priority for everybody across the country and looking for products that, that meet that. So, you know, I have seen trends start uh, in California or different, different products or different concepts that start. But, um, you know, in, in prior lives, you know, we did, uh, there, there's, a, there's a business in, in other parts of the country. People want to live a healthier lifestyle, you know, and you think about 20 years ago, uh, drinking a Gatorade seemed like it was a healthy thing to do. And now I think people really right. look at that and say, is that the most healthy thing that I can put in my in my body? And so I think having products that really speak to the way that that um, people think about health and wellness and what they put in their bodies, there's a there's a business out there in just about every single state. Yeah, I'm thinking that, you know, your brand translates to the East Coast as well. And sure, it does really well in the warm weather states. But, you know, another example comes to mind, a Hawaiian food, very natural, very healthy. I'm sure you've heard of it is now sweeping the country. I think they call it pokey or poke, however it's pronounced. And literally, I'm in the state of Maine. It's a cold weather state. We got winter, you know, five months of the year. And there's like, so many of these pokey places all over the place in Maine, you travel to Boston, they're everywhere. So if that works, I can certainly see, you know, juice it up going 
the Nebraska and Kansas. Yeah, absolutely. Now, my wife is a huge fan. I think she pronounces it acai bowl. Is that correct? Is it pronounced acai bowl? Thank you. Okay. So she she eats so many of these things and it's all about the super fruits. Can you describe for the audience who may not be familiar with this, what it is and why it's great and why your customers are enjoying acai bowls? So uh, acai is a Brazilian superfruit. It's um, loaded in antioxidants, which uh, to not get too technical, actually help clear the free radicals, the the yes. dead cells out of your body. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know originated in Brazil, and I have to say it's one of the things that we're the most proud of at Juice It Up is, you know we've we've been serving acai since two thousand and one. Um, our original, uh, the, the Frank Easterbrook, who is the, uh, the owner with Balboa Brands, actually met with Samazon before they even brought their first shipment to the United States. And they brought samples in and he said, I'm on board. And, and, and literally had to help them pay to get their first shipment out of the port of Los Angeles. So, you know, we've been, we've been serving some fantastic acai products um, for, you know, for since 2001, so 20 years. And, you know, I would say if you were to visit us in Southern California or any of our stores, our acai bowls are better than anybody else's out there. You know, we have the most nutrient dense bowls. They taste terrific. They are Instagrammable. That seems to be what a lot of people um, come on board with, but they taste fantastic. And, you know, it's a large part of what we we really take pride in, in our brand is that we look at what are the things that our guests are going to be asking for and bringing those to market. Uh, but acai is a is a huge part of our our brand. We partner with Amazon every year. We do an acai April where we create some uh, limited time promotional products that uh, we bring and are are super popular in the stores. But you know, it's a great product. It's a great meal replacement. Um, it's a healthier um, a healthier snack. But uh, we have, uh, and I think Chris would Ed would agree, we have the most delicious one out there. That sounds great. You're making me want one now for lunch. I'm going to tell my wife that I'm going to get into acai bowls now. She'll be very happy with me. Let me ask, what is your company culture, your mission statement? Who would like to answer that? We aspire to help everybody live a healthier lifestyle, no matter where you are in your, in your, you know, in your health, uh, health continuum, right? If you're just looking for a healthier snack, we have that. If you're someone that lives a healthy, active lifestyle, we have products that dovetail very nicely with that. Um, but we really do. We we don't try to be, um, you know, just aspire, uh, just uh, uh, promote to one specific segment. We have products for everybody, no matter where you are in that healthy lifestyle. And the other thing I want to add to that, Roger, is is and again, this was born from Frank Easterbrook, and it very much coincides with the philosophy we have as the leadership team and as owners, we're a very franchisee centric organization. I mean, that's, you know, we're in the franchise business, you know, we work for our franchisees. That's how we, you know, that's the culture that we have at our franchise organization. And, you know, I love that the title of your podcast, Restaurant Rockstars, because that's how we view our leadership team. We have rock stars as our leadership team, whether it be Sue Taylor or Natalie Eaglin, who's just absolutely fantastic uh, marketing professional. We have Carlo Verdugo, who we also brought in from Jamba that is just, you know, as franchisee centric and operational guy as you can imagine. Um, Our entire team is devoted to our franchisee base and helping them grow. And our philosophy as an organization, and I think, you know, 
when you look at the pandemic, we had an opportunity to, to really uh, display that. And I think we are one of the few brands that during that period of time, which was that first, for us, the first two months were a harrowing experience because literally our sales were down between 40 and 50% for two months. So, but during that period of time, even under that duress, um, we are one of the few brands that completely waived 100% of royalties and 100% of marketing uh, 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 contributions. Uh, we have the financial capability to do that to support our franchisees. And, and, and uh, on the heels of that, we ended up the balance of the year, the last eight months, having record results. We were literally up 30% for eight straight months. And we ended up the year with same store sales up almost 15%. So our franchisees really, uh, uh, you know, really uh, were excited about that. But that's our philosophy. And it's really carried through to 2021. Where we're really having the best year in the company's history. So quick serve was better positioned, obviously, than full serve restaurants when this whole pandemic hit, you know, and it really devastated full serve restaurants. Did your business model shift at all during the pandemic? I mean, granted, you got hit hard. You had to quickly come up with a strategy. You had to communicate that strategy to all your franchisee operators and whatnot. But were there any pivots that happened? Oh, there were a lot of, you know, there were a lot of pivots. Uh, you know, when I joined the brand, we were getting ready to launch loyalty, um, which is what Natalie has really um, led over the past year and a half. Uh, we also had a mobile app that was in process of being built, but we didn't have that. So when the pandemic originally hit, we had... You could phone your order in and we could do curbside or you could come in and order it and wait and take it out. And very quickly, um, you know, with the help of Chris and Ed, we were able to leverage enterprise relationships with all of the third parties, got all of our franchisees on those programs. Uh, we got the uh, mobile app launched and we got that out uh, in, uh, we started it launching it store by store in uh, in the beginning of the summer. So by the end of August, we had everybody on mobile ordering. So we were able to turn that on as a sales lever. And then, you know, we were really, Natalie, as I said, was really um, strategic in how we started to build our loyalty base and the offers that we, that we, uh, um, you know, that we, we sent out and that we, you know, engaged our loyal, uh, loyalty members with. And that all kind of, you know, that really helped lift the business, plus the excitement of the franchisees getting in on all of those platforms and really embracing it and understanding it, it's what they needed to do to really, you know, sustain their business through, um, you know, the initial two months of, uh, of you know, the, the drop in sales. Yeah, just right. to put a finer point on that, I just want to add. So we went from because, again, we're talking about third party delivery, which we never delivered product ever. And now you can find our product on DoorDash, Uber Eats, Postmates and skip the line mobile ordering. That was 0% of sales when we uh, at the outset of the pandemic. Now we're pushing 30% of the business through those platforms. And that continues to grow. And, and we all know that's going to continue to grow. But uh, that was an incredible pivot by this team and incredibly well executed. Fantastic. There's some learnings there for sure. Let's move to the vibe and the concept. Um, I had a chance to look at your spaces and I find it really, really fresh. Tell us about the design and how you came up with the idea, because obviously, did it shift from the original ownership? I mean, did you completely rebrand this in terms of the product offerings, what the 
the feel of the store was like, the customer experience when they walked through the door. Let's talk all about that. Well, Chris, do you want to talk about your initial thoughts when you came in? And I can I can yeah, share what yeah, we've done yeah, as far as work uh, to, to make that all come to life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, clearly one of the, the big, you know, when we came in, one of the big opportunities we saw was to sort of redesign the space, you know, recognizing that uh, uh, we needed to move in the direction of online ordering, delivery, you know, optimizing convenience, helping our guests get in and out really quickly. Uh, also, you know, uh, to build on the whole idea of transparency, food transparency, which has always been kind of a juice it up um, uh, subtax, you know, in the stores. And, you know, we wanted to make sure that when a guest came into the space, they could see whatever it's a, whether it's a smoothie or an acai bowl or a raw juice, that they could see everything in front of them, all the ingredients coming together, the blending, the, the building of the product. That was also very important to the design of the space. And we wanted to, you know, keep it simple, fresh, clean, you know, make it a, a wonderful place for people to desire to come in uh, and get their product. So the space was entirely based, uh, you know, the design was based upon that. So we have, you know, the first thing you see when you walk in, you've got this, this pickup area. So whether it be a DoorDash driver or someone that's placed a mobile order, it's right there to be picked up fresh out of the freezer if they've been waiting for a couple of minutes. Uh, we've got the bowl bar, you know, right to the also fronting the, the space and we have the blending station right in front of the gas. So we have all of those elements coming together in a fresh new space and also completely new branding. So, you know, we freshened up the logo, the colors, you know, we've got great creative uh, because our product really sells itself when you see it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really a, a brand that in many ways, was strong, but has been reborn even stronger circa 2018. Basu, I'd yeah, like I to get your take on this. I would, I'd amplify that. I mean, I think um, when I look at our competitive advantage within the space, our product is fantastic. You know, I'll put it up against anybody else in the segment. And I think um, it, yeah, as I said, we have a better acai bowl than anybody else. You know, uh, coming in, you know, the work that, that Chris and Ed had brought forward and said, this is the vision of what we want the brand to look like. You know, we we met as a cross-functional team. We really looked at, you know, what do we want the space to look like? A little more timeless. Um, you know, if you look at it, it's uh, bright, you know, uh, very clean looking and to Chris's point, very transparent. So uh, at any part of your journey as a guest in our stores, you can see your bowls being made or your smoothie being made in front of you. We're not trying to hide the products that we're putting in our in our uh, um, uh, in our smoothies or bowls or juices. Um, you know, we also looked at our menu board and really looked at how do we help people navigate our menu board and really help our team help guests navigate the menu board. So, uh, did a whole menu board rebranding that we pushed out to the system at the start of this last year. We tested with franchisees and got their feedback before we um, put it out in the system. You know, we uh, put together in the new store, if you go in, we have a a, uh, a video uh, that we have on, on a loop that really shows every single product, what goes in it being made. So as you're waiting for your product, you can look up and you can see what uh, how we make all of our products. So again, transparency, you know, the quality of the product, we really, really wanted to amplify that for our guests. Um, you know, we also looked at, uh, you know, just, 
how, uh, um, you know, how we message on social media as well, too. So Natalie and her team have done a great job of really kind of sharing that message, too. So I think for our guests, you know, those that were already coming to us and loyalists uh, really made them, you know, kind of double down on why they were coming to us and folks that hadn't tried us before it really did uh, um, help them come in and understand who we are. And, and we made new loyal uh, guests out of that as well, too. Yeah, I've always believed that this business is all about entertainment. It's show business. So, you know, watching the food being made and hearing the blenders going in the background, it's all part of the vibe and the experience for sure. But also speed of service is very important. And you're offering a fresh product. Is there Everything is dialed so that, you know, you can serve the customer quickly. Does any part of the process slow things down? I mean, you've got to blend items and make smoothies and all that sort of thing. There are certain things prepped in advance that speed up service. Let's, let's talk about the system of serving the customer and how they can get something so fresh so quick. So that's a great, you know, that's a great question. Um, you know, we aspire to a three-minute three, three speed of service. Um, we don't uh, pre-make any of our products and then just pull it out when you order it. Everything is a handcrafted beverage. So mm-hmm. obviously there are uh, choke points depending on, you know, how busy you get. Right. Um, but I, I do have to say with the advent of the mobile ordering and with third party, you know, before where you were, everybody came in at once a crowd in the restaurant, you know, it's really helped us kind of. Right. Um, you know, level out when people are ordering. So you're not getting overwhelmed with everybody just coming into the restaurant. But, uh, you know, we, we do prep uh, some of our fruit toppings for our bowls ahead of, ahead of that. But um, the fresh juices, the, um, the smoothies are made, are made to order. Um, so we have the lines set up uh, so that we uh, were able to, to flow the production in a way that you don't have a, uh, a stranglehold on that. I'm always looking at ways to be able to uh, make it easier for the team and uh, create a better guest experience. Uh, but uh, we, th- we've been around for over 25 years, 26 years. Um, we have, we have our lines set up so that we're able to, to service the guests um, in the most advantageous manner. Let's talk about staff onboarding and training. This training is absolutely essential to not only deliver a consistent experience, a consistent product, but amazing guest service at the same time. And they have to learn all these individual products, how to maintain the consistency, the portion sizes, the recipes, all that sort of thing. Let's let's talk about the whole process of onboarding somebody new. So if you're a new franchisee coming in, um, you know, we're there to support you from discovery day on. So once you sign the agreement and you start, you know, the, the production, the build out of your, your location, we do um, 50 hours uh, of what we call um, ITP. And that's uh, divided in a classroom setting at our support center. And then it's also in our um, company store in Costa Mesa, uh, where we will take you through every Every system that you're going to be utilizing as a franchisee, um, you know, the background on POS, on um, ordering, getting you set up with all the vendors. And then we spend time in the store so you learn uh, what every position does in the location. So as an owner, you know the expectations of what somebody should be uh, should be doing when they're making smoothies or their the POS or prepping. And uh, they'll go through different shifts where they'll do opening and closing and they work with the team and get trained on, on production. So that's the initial training. And then once uh, you have your store ready to open and you have um, hired all your team members, our operations team will be there for 50 hours, about uh, about a week. And we'll come in and we'll help 
uh, set up the store and then we train the team. At the same time, we do a train the trainer with the owners so that they understand going forward um, what systems, the training uh, training programs and systems they need to use to be able to onboard and train their team once the store is open. I want to make one point on this to add, Roger, because I, yeah. I, you know, one of the great things about Juice It Up, and again, it's been around for now 26 years or 26 year, um, was it was it's been a very, yeah, it's been a very smaller, smallish brand over the years, but big company systems and processes. And it really is a credit to Frank Easterbrook, who was the prior owner for, you know, 15 plus years. You know, he was quite a uh, an entrepreneur and, and, and business professional. He started a medical device company that he sold for several hundred million dollars. Then he, you know, was a, uh, an executive at, at, at Mars and Nestle, two of the largest food giants in yes. the, in the history of the world. And he brought a lot of those systems and processes and operational procedures that he implemented at Mars and Nestle to little juice it up, you know, 20 years ago. And, and that's why you come in and juice it up. It's really a total plug and play opportunity for franchise prospects. It's got, you know, from, it's got real estate and construction. It's got training and development. It's got operations. It's got local store marketing uh, techniques and portfolios for franchisees to, to learn from. It's, it's really one of the, uh, and I've, you know, Ed and I've seen a lot of franchise systems, but it's one of the most comprehensive offerings that you'll find as a franchise candidate. And if I'm a franchisee and I've been a franchisee, that's what I want. I want someone who's not going to just say, here, sign my, you, know, you sign my franchise agreement, good luck. It's how do you set me up to be successful? And that's one of the, the, the big selling features of Juice It Up. I'd add right now, you know, we yeah. have some university locations that unfortunately had to close since March of last year. That, um, you know, we reached out there. They're all opening now in the next two weeks. We reached out to all the owners and asked what support they needed. And I have training. I have a trainer in each of those locations that will help support and train the team to get those units back up to speed as well, too. So we really want people to be successful. So, you know, um, we have franchisees that at times may have a manager that turns over in the Southern California market. We're happy to train and support them in the company store, too. While we're on the subject of franchising, obviously consistency, we keep that word keeps coming up and it's so important. And a franchise is essentially designed for someone who can take an existing concept, follow the structure, follow the proven concept and not deviate from that structure. Now, what about new menu items and R&D? And do you ever encourage ideas from your operators out in the field? Or is it literally this is the way it is and just maintain the system as it is? It's kind of there, you know, I don't think it's black and white, right? We have systems and processes that if you follow, you you know, you'll be successful. That's why you mm -hmm. buy into a franchise, right? Of course. That you want to, yeah. Proven you wanna, concept. You, yeah. Um, we do have, we're, we're very lucky. We have a, um, our, a director of R&D, uh, Noah Burgess, who is constantly innovating in products and following trends and looking at what's happening. And over the past uh, year, we've actually been working with him on setting up innovation and testing, um, you know, products within um, some of the different markets to ensure that, you know, when we bring them to the full system, that they are they are proven and we get franchisee feedback on that, on, you know, the products and how they sell. So we're, you know, we are, we're, we're the ones leading the innovation, but we do 
um, you know, we do involve our franchisees as we test um, and and look at the products that are that are brought in. Now, we mentioned earlier, obviously, during the pandemic, it was obviously a very it was a wonderful thing to do to obviously to not charge the royalty fees and the marketing and all that. What is included in um, in the marketing fee, the royalties, that sort of thing? Obviously, they have to purchase from the common purchasing for obviously buying power and leverage and all those things. But let's talk about what the fees go into and what they get for those fees. So for the um, the marketing fees, that uh, um, that goes to uh, the national marketing. It goes to marketing material that we're going to use within the system. So, you know, I talked about the menu board rollout that we did at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, we paid for those for the entire system, put that out. Um, all of our LSM tools that we create and put together are, are items that are um, that are done through those marketing dollars. The you know the the staff that the team that we use to be able to put together the marketing programs and enable those um, is paid through that marketing fee as well too. On the royalty side, uh, you know the royalty uh, supports uh, you know the franchisees through the uh, different systems that we use to be able to help manage the business and provide guidance and leadership for them. Uh, for the the team that we have in place to provide support for the uh, um, for the franchisees, you know we we have a small but mighty team that our focus is on our franchisee success. So um, we use uh, uh, we use that team to be able to help support the franchisees as well. You've certainly given Natalie a lot of accolades for her marketing firepower and her initiatives. What has proven to deliver the greatest ROI, and what do you continue to do that helps move the brand forward from a marketing standpoint? Marketing. Well, you know, Natalie. Natalie is actually on. Um, I don't want to put her on the spot, but I would. I would say Natalie's experience in helping us really um, um, launch the loyalty program, and then the ongoing work that she does with that has been um, fantastic. You know, I've worked for uh, brands with a you know a much larger marketing team, and the amount of things that she's able to do. And the strategic way that she looks at the business and how to provide value for our franchisees is um, it's it's she's one of the best I've ever worked with on that. You know, her ability to really in the rebranding and looking at how we present ourselves on social media, um, just in the in-store, you know, updated posters and graphics, um, just the way that we interact with our guests now. Um, you know, came in and, and really put together, you know, we have a, a program now that every guest that that gives us feedback, whether it's on social media, uh, if it's Google, Yelp, whatever, we respond to everybody, whether it's a good, it's good or it's bad, but we really are trying to create that connection with every single guest. And we don't take for granted anybody that comes in and gives us feedback in, uh, in our stores as well. Yeah, too. So just, just to add to that, just specifically, when you look at juice it up, you know, pre 2018 or pre Natalie um, for sure, as our head of marketing is, you know, we now have a team that not only covers traditional marketing, you know, the, the five P's you've heard about your whole life, of course. Yes. but it's so much different. Now you have social media and you also have guests, you know, uh, guest feedback and guest recovery. So we have professionals now in each one of those areas. Natalie brought all that to the table, that, that whole formation and structure. And 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 where the ROIs come from is really uh, not only, you know, serving many more guests um, uh, in terms of how they want to receive the product. Because again, we did not have mobile ordering. 
um, a year and a half ago. We did not have any delivery a year ago. So we have this whole new group of customers that, you know, they might be DoorDash customers or Uber Eats customers. They didn't start off as Juice It Up customers. So they've only learned of Juice It Up because they're accessing the app. So, you know, that's a, you know, we've, as I said, gone from zero to almost 30% there. Um, and on the guest recovery side, what we've seen is tremendous, you know, through the mobile app and that one-on-one -on -one relationship with the guests, what we can do with offers and what the team is doing, engaging one-on-one -on -one with consumers has made a tremendous difference from the brand. I mean, the other thing that we haven't talked about is, you know, we have, you know, a large percentage of our restaurants that are, that have seen almost a doubling of their business in the last two years. Um, a lot of this is just accessing a vastly larger number of potential guests and getting them the product they want to, the, the way they want to receive it. That, that's a big part of what's happened with Juice It Up. Talk about your loyalty program a little bit. I mean, there's some key nuggets there for sure that other listeners can benefit from. How does it work? For every dollar you spend, um, you know, you, you receive points. What Natalie's mm -hmm. really done with our loyalty program is, um, you know, she's, it's not just a get, get X amount of points and you get $3 off. You know, we are really looking at ways that people use us, the frequency. Um, so she's able to tailor ads for, um, you know, our current, our current loyalty um, uh, ad that's, that's running right now is if uh, Chris visits three times a month, he's going to get a um, push that asks him to come one more time. You may not have come in the past two months, so we may just ask you to come once. But what we're really trying to do is uh, build frequency and uh, re uh, reconnecting with folks that maybe have not visited us in a, um, in a, in a little while to, to come back and try us. But um, it's really, she's looking at strategic ways to, to be able to bring in new people and increase frequency without just doing some sort of um, discount, you know, to just drive in, drive in folks at once. So it's really focused on tailoring the ads for, um, for different people where they are in their, um, their usage of Juice It Up. You know, we've all seen that show Undercover Boss where the CEO literally steps into a location unannounced and sort of assimilates an employee. And it's kind of an interesting show. I'm sure you all visit your stores all the time, but what's your style when you, you know, show up at a Juice It Up location and uh, when people are either expecting you or not? What would you, um, you know, what would you hope to achieve by those visits? Uh, you know, if it's, if it's, uh, I, I try to do uh, at least one day a week out in the field. Um, I do try to be cognizant of owner's schedule. So, you know, just showing up, um, right. you know, sometimes is not the best way to be able to have a conversation. So I always try to, to make sure that if I, if I am going to be visiting with an owner, I want to have a conversation with an owner. Um, that, you know, arrange to be able to do that uh, ahead of time and always come with purpose, right? Not just showing up and wasting their time and, you know, really being able to have a, an honest conversation on what they need to, you know, what they're looking for in the business. Um, I, I take a lot of, uh, um, I'm very cognizant of, you know, when I come in is engaging with all of the team members too and uh, engaging with guests to understand, you know, what's happening in the business. Um, I try not to, I've been on the receiving end of, you know, people coming in and pointing out everything that's going wrong in the business and, uh, and then leaving. So, you know, I always want to be able to, to give some honest feedback on the business, but I'm also aware at times of the importance of the visit. And so I want to be able to, 
you know, have a meaningful conversation with folks and leave them pumped up about their involvement with the business too. Um, you know, always try to do some pre-work. So I understand what's happening within the business. We have various systems that we're able to KPI and look at how a business is performing from, you know, all different metrics so that, you know, I find the things that are really working with that and finding out how they're driving that part of the business, because I do find that a lot of franchisees want to know what's going on with others around them or in the business. So being able to gain knowledge from people is very important to me. Yeah, the, um, other thing, be, the other thing to add to this is just, again, it's a culture of partnership at Juice It Up. So even beyond Sue, what you don't see is what's behind Sue. Not literally, but you've got yeah, Carlo yeah. Verdugo, who's our head of operations. Then we have a a, a, um, a roster of franchise business coaches. And, you know, I've heard you often say, Roger, you know, what makes a good manager is do you lead by example or do you lead by delegation? So our guys, you know, if you go into a store and Carlo's in that store, you might find them behind the counter. You know, working with the franchisee, you get a franchise business coach. They're behind the counter. I mean, they are interfacing, they're supporting our franchisees. They're, they're, they're not afraid to do that and show, look, I mean, they, you know, to help out, you know, when needed to, to instruct, to, to guide. I mean, that's the whole culture of how, you know, Juice It Up operates. So, you know, we all try to, to, to contribute where we can, but, you know, it's, um, it's definitely a culture of partnership at Juice It Up. And a whatever it takes attitude, no matter what position you have uh, within the system. Absolutely. Right. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Let's talk a little bit more about the franchise opportunity. There are those in the audience who may be looking for new opportunities. So I'm curious to ask what you look for, what qualifications for a new potential operator in your fold? So I think, you know, we're looking for, uh, for folks that, you know, are uh, entrepreneurial mindsets that are looking to, um, you know, create a legacy business for themselves and their family. We're also looking uh, for franchisees that perhaps already own a business and are looking to add to their portfolio. We've had um, several uh, franchisees that have come from other brands that have opened Juice It Ups and find that it complements their other businesses very well. Um, but we're looking for someone that that really is, you know, willing to jump in and, uh, you know, grow the business and be, uh, you know, be very involved with it. I think one of the things we're finding to build on that last point that Sue just made is, is, is those franchise operators that might have a more complex restaurant brand, whether it be a burger brand, a pizza brand, a hot dog brand, all of which are either in Juice It Up or looking at Juice It Up. You know, Juice It Up is a more a simpler operation. It's generally all front of the house. It has a lower number of crew members, you know, say 10 to 15 as part of a store composition. There's no complex back of the house. There's no fryers in the back. You know, it's a thousand square foot footprint. Uh, honestly, it's a simpler operation and it's a clean, fresh, simple environment. So kind of what, what we've seen is a pretty strong interest on behalf of that growing multi-brand franchise operator. And that's a lot of the, the prospects that we're meeting with now. And, and we love that because those are folks that can make big investment, help scale the brand, and really help uh, grow our brand while they're diversifying their own portfolio. Uh, that, that's been a big increase, what we're seeing at Deuce It Up. But on the franchise opportunity specifically, you know, I also want to make another point, which is a philosophy of Ed and ours. Um, and one thing we learned from our Burger King experience is, you know, 
yes, you have to have something you have a passion for and you really have to love what you're doing. But by the same token, it has to make economic sense. You, you've got to be doing this for a reason economically. And for us, you know, what that means is if I'm going to spend, in our case, $300,000 to $350,000 to get a, a juice it up open, there's a certain amount of money I want to be able to return each year as an owner. And for, for us, that's, uh, uh, you know, that whole uh, topic is to, to hit a three-year payback. So if I'm going to spend $300,000 to get a store open, I want to I wanna bring home $100,000 a year. I mean, that's it's that simple. So we've tried to build this model as well as our other system around that payback of three years or less. We're very adamant about that. So the new store design is is has taken that into into context. Um, everything we do, trying to drive the sales line and the profitability of our product composition for our franchisees, takes that into account. So all that, in our mind, is critically important to a attractive franchise opportunity. No, thank you so much for that. That is um, really wonderful information. You guys are run, running a really tight ship here, and I appreciate you appearing on the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Ed. And thanks to the audience once again for tuning in. If you're looking for a new opportunity, just head on over to juiceitup.com, and I'm sure you'll find all the information you're looking for there. Thanks again for my guests and our sponsor of this week's episode. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Thanks, Roger. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, Ed, for joining us on this episode of the podcast. You know, I want you to know that not only is Juice It Up a fast-growing concept, but Ed and Chris are also owners of a concept called Mountain Mike's Pizza. And if you missed the prior episode, number 264, a few weeks back, you'll probably want to check that one out, too, because, again, there are so many key learnings to really successful operators that are building a dynamic, fast-growing enterprise, such as... Uh, Ed, Chris, and Susan are with Juice It Up. Thanks again to our sponsors, Seven Shifts, the all-in-one labor management platform, and Cisco. I wanted you to know about our product, How to Start a Mug Club. So if I got your attention, this is a beautiful cash flow generator for your restaurant. If you sell draft beer, if you sell coffee, or if you have a coffee shop, you can create a mug club that suddenly creates tremendous loyalty with your audience. Think about your regular customers coming in a couple times a month, two, three, four times a month, that's great, right? But what if they came in two, three, four times a week and they spent money in your place? And better yet, what if they told all their friends to join the club as well? Well, you can charge membership fees. It's an exclusive club where you offer value added when you serve draft beer or coffee. And it's a fully sponsorable program. I will teach you how to set up the club, how to sell mugs, how to create memberships, how to get it fully sponsored so that there's no cost to you. And think about the added cash flow that could come not only from the memberships, but from people coming in multiple times a week and the social media value. It's a powerful thing. It's available at restaurantrockstars.com on the shop page. So thanks again. I wanted to tell you one more thing. We have a new feature at the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. It's called Ask Us Anything. So if you go to the show notes to this episode, about halfway down the page, you'll see a button, ask us a question. Press the record button, record your message, and I'd be happy to answer your question right back. And chances are I'll be answering that live on the air in an upcoming episode on the podcast. So thanks for that as well. Thanks for tuning in. As always, see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.